self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is Conversation Con Artist on, at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. And I think we have some um, posts that were sent to us. Um, I'm going to probably be like low energy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try, but my uh my oldest little dog died yesterday so i'm in a mood <laughs> so if if rest, i sound weird that's why rest in peace cat dog and he was a cat dog aka kingston yeah <laughs> he was such a little asshole like me and my brother uh, my younger brother lived with me for about a year when i had kingston and he called me yesterday and was just, you know how you reminisce when something or someone dies, you know, you reminisce about the good times. All the good times with Kingston was him being an asshole, like him doing shit that you just be like, nigga, what the fuck? <laughs> you, you know, you, you don't really have good times with Kingston. You just have memories. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't remember no good memories. I mean, I remember, I guess the good memory is that like, you said don't nobody like rubbing his he don't like nobody rubbing his belly. Yeah. And at some point he let me rub his belly. You know, this was before Remy came about. When Remy came about, he was oh. he wasn't about no kind of life that I knew about. <laughs> um, but I didn't even really come over there that much because he lived so far away since you yeah. had Remy. But my memory is that my memory is that Red was finna go out of town <laughs> and <laughs> She was like, I need you to come over and feed my dogs. <laughs> I was like, or walk my dog or whatever you needed me to do. And yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> I can do that. You know, don't sound difficult, right? And I was like, I suggested that we practice this shit first because that was a very important step, practicing <laughs> the shit. Because what we found out is that, let me tell you how it went down. So we were going <laughs> to practice this. Now, instead of her coming in and showing me and making Kingston aware that this was going to happen and we're good, she was like, you know what? Why don't you just go in without me (laughs) and see what happens? This nigga tried to kill my ass, boy. (laughs) He fucking came at me like, what you doing, my bitch? (laughs) <laughs> that's how he came at me like like I fucked Red up and was coming in to rob they shit and he a dog he don't know what the fuck finna go on so as far as he know that could have been what was about to go on man I, I ain't because he knew you so well and he let you pet him and so like I, I didn't think he would be suspicious of you coming Look, that see that would have been cool if you was with me but see in his mind this ain't the pattern Red walk in the house. We do our thing, and that who the fuck are you to walk in here? I know who you are, but you could have. He be watching that fucking ID shit with you. He probably thought I was some fucking off your ass and got your body parts and some luggage. 
going to drive you across the country and shit. <laughs> Ain't no telling what he thought. He's a dog. His, his intelligence is great, but still limited. So he... Ain't no telling what he thought. So he tried to kill my ass. I, f- I feel like if his fucking mouth would have got a hold of my finger, I'll have four fingers <laughs> on that hand. That's what I think. That's my memory. I was like, and then it was like, I was like, you, you, put, when you came in, I know he was like, oh, bitch, you tried to betray me. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, see, you, you're going to pay for this shit here. You know, and me, he was like, you know, Nigga, if it was ever anything there, it's gone now. I don't even know why you let her put you up to this shit. I don't give a f- I don't fuck with you. Nigga, turn into Big Sean. I don't fuck with you. That's what happened to Kingston. That was my, that's my memory. That's a fucking jerk. Like, I got more memories, but that's the most prominent and recent one. Most of them are him being an asshole. Like, AC Blow came over one time and AC Blow ain't never did nothing to Kingston, okay? Nothing. And we were sitting on the couch, and Kingston walked by and me mugged the fuck out of it. Like, it was so overt that AC Blow was just like, the fucking dog just, I'm talking about like, walk by, like, do something, bitch. Like, looked him up and down <laughs> while he was looking back, walking by. Like, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. <laughs> He's just a jerk. I don't know. Um, but that's I I done had that I had him for fourteen years. He he's lived with me everywhere I've lived as an adult on my own. So this is the first time you know I'll be living somewhere and he won't be. And he was a cat. He was he was a fucking cat. But I don't like cats. So I had the best of both worlds. I had the personality that I needed, but in the body of a dog. And I still have Remy, but me and Remy, our personalities don't align as well as me and Kingston did. Me and Kingston had an understanding. We left each other alone when we needed to be left alone. Remy is a ever-present figure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I sound like down, it's just because I and he just today Sunday he literally died yesterday, and I he died while I was holding him. So it was just fucking sad. Um, Real quick, though, before we get into these letters, let me tell you something about how people take advantage of your grief. (laughs) So uh, I took him to the vet because he had been, you know, he couldn't move. He was sick. So, you know, I took him to the vet because I thought they were going to be able to do something for him, but they they weren't. And he died while we were at the vet. So the vet comes in. He's like, well, you have some options, you know, take your time. They kept telling me I could stay in the room as long as I wanted to with him and all of that. And. He was like, so either you can take him with you right now, and it won't cost you anything. You can, you know, bury him yourself, which I rent the house that I live in. So, like, I don't want to bury him in the backyard of his rented-ass house. And I was like, okay. And he was like, the next option would be you can pay $75 to have him cremated. Now, the caveat with that option is that they basically just take him and a bunch of other dead pets and just cremate them holes all together. And that's it. <laughs> you don't get nothing back. You know, like it, that's it. You pay them seventy five dollars to burn your dog up. And then the next option was two hundred dollars. And with the two hundred dollar one, he gets cremated by himself. <laughs> they put his little ashes in a uh, a urn, and you get a paw print and a lock of his head. And like obviously, in the midst of me holding this dead dog, I'm not I'm not gonna be like, yeah, just burn him up with all the other fucking dogs. <laughs> 
Like, so I paid two hundred dollars to get my dog cremated, and I feel like they take advantage. Like, and it's the same thing with human death. Like, if you've ever had to bury somebody, it's fucking expensive, bro. Like, even if you try to do cremation for a human, it's a fucking racket. <laughs> The fucking racket. And it's like, I'm sitting here with y'all looking at me and I'm holding my dead pet. And, you know, what kind of asshole do I look like if I'm like, eh, just toss him in there with the <laughs> Fuck it. You know, it, 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 it's like an intentional dickhole move. Like, when they created this business and they was doing regular cremations for each animal, at some point, somebody who came into leadership said, we need an option between this to make people feel like they have other options, but also that they will pay more for what we already do. <laughs> what What are you getting at? How about this? How about we offer a $75 option? Well, it's 75 right now. How about we, our price right now, we make it cremation, but we also tell them, because this is a disrespectful fucking thing to say to somebody who just lost their pet. Yeah, we got an option where we burn your pet in a whole fucking massive goddamn Holocaust-type oven shit with all the other pets, too. You know, so if you don't care about your pet, you know, this is the option. But if you love your pet, we got a $200 option where we burn your pet by, by themselves. Like, how hard is it? The fuck? It can't be it really... I guess it could be probably twice the size of of your oven at home or whatever type of thing because that's how big some dogs can get, you know. But it can't be that big to. So is it really that big? Like how many pets can they fit in the motherfucker at one time? I want to know what a pet fucking cremation thing look like. They said we burn all the pet. How many can you fit in the bitch, bro? Like you a fucking vet. You don't have to have something big enough, like. And then, and then, do they really clean the bitch out every time? Probably like, not. Even I'm if a... they, even if they put your dog in there, it's still probably five percent fucking German Shepherd yeah. and Chihuahua and Corgi and all them other shit mixed up with you. Like, if I'm paying two hundred dollars, I want to see you clean that motherfucker out, <laughs> and I don't want no remnants of nothing goddamn else in here with my <laughs> pet. Since you want a motherfucking charge two hundred dollars for it. That shit's so disrespectful, man. I'd be like, give me my dog. <laughs> Take my dog home. I'm going to go find somewhere in the country and bury my, my pet. <laughs> but cremation gives you that, like, that memory of him. Like, you get to keep him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wherever I go and, you yeah. know. And, I mean, if for people that don't have pets, that ain't pet people, like, it'd be probably, like, Fuck you pay $200 for this shit for, but like, you gotta understand, this dog literally was the only thing I was coming home to for years. Like, he was the only thing that was up waiting on me, and as much of an asshole as he was, like, whenever, if I if I had a really shitty ass day and was just really down, he would put aside his pettiness, <laughs> and he would come lay around with me. <laughs> Mm. Like he had his moments of being sweet. He was just mostly a jackass. He was my sour patch kid. But that's what I am. So like I felt it. <laughs> we were kindred spirits. So yeah, man, it's hard losing a pet. And you know, just like everything else is monetized and expensive. And 
you know, yeah, in that moment, you know, when I heard him say, oh, we, he could just be burned with a bunch of pets, I was horrified because, like, I'm still in the midst of my grief. Like, I'm literally still holding his body when he's telling me, yeah, we'll just burn him up with all the other fucking dogs. Like, nigga, what? No, no, you won't. <laughs> why would I want you to do that? Why, would, why is that an option? <laughs> Fuck. Like, the only people who said yes to that are people who are very, very poor, but nobody could possibly want it. No. There can't be a person that possibly want it. So it's like, the fact that they offer it is trash. <laughs> it's trash. Super trash. It is. It's super trash. But rest in doggy heaven, Kingston. Or hell. Doggy <laughs> heaven. He went to heaven. Yeah, he in heaven next to the endless uh, tray of dog treats and uh, <laughs> uh, forever infinity pool and all the other things that dogs like. He's around that shit. Yeah. All the every tennis ball is a fresh new one. <laughs> every toy when you bite it is the first time it's ever been. Even though it's been with you forever, it's the first bite every time. <laughs> no, he's he's in a good place. Yeah. Remy's sad. Remy Remy's been looking for him and sniffing around and like what and the funny thing is, Kingston fucking hated Remy. He fucking hated him. <laughs> But Remy's so friendly and oblivious that like he didn't give a shit. He was still just like, hey. <laughs> but see, dogs don't know. See, the thing about Remy is that he was raised with Kingston from when he was a little puppy. Yeah. So he think hate is how life is supposed to be. <laughs> he don't know that there's something other than hate being hated. So being hated for him is fun. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? saying? Like what it's supposed to be. You know, he would have to be loved by another dog to be like, that other motherfucker was an asshole. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> so he don't understand. <laughs> so of course he loved him. It's like a parent, like a kid that be getting abused by their parent, love their fucking parent until they go to foster care and realize, we ain't supposed to get beat for dinner? <laughs> no, you're supposed to eat a meal. <laughs> oh, okay. This is much like This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back home. That's, that's, I mean, we can laugh about this shit, but it's fucking sad as fuck. But it was um, it foster care and stuff. But that's that, that's literally how their brains be, you know? Like, they just don't know that there is better shit out than what we got. Well, that's that's Remy. Yeah. <laughs> he walking around like, where's my hate at today? I'm my number one hater. <laughs> He just don't know that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Necessarily. All right. So we got some from Colin. We got some from Cinnamon. And we got something from Cat. Okay. We start with Colin. His came right. in first. Episodes 250 and 251. Holy Meatrimony or Meat Fidelity. I cannot. I need to talk about some meat positivity today. No, you don't. I do, but maybe I'll talk about it later. I might forget, but I just need to talk about some stuff. I came across a Reddit post. There's a Reddit. I'm sorry. We'll we'll get into it later. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit got everything, man. It does. I saw uh, it was a thread called. It's a subreddit called Big Dick Problems, <laughs> and it's just niggas with problems, like real life problems from having a big dick, like. Fucked up shit. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. I mean, like, I don't have these problems. <laughs> you know, but they got the problem. They got some problems. Uh, but it, it's funny. 
Well, it's not funny. It's fucked up, but it's interesting. What is good, y'all? As I type this, someone's damn dog who was going off one night is barking his or her head off again. So if there are any typos or if this email seems disjointed, I apologize in advance. First things first, as I want to put some thoughts from several episodes into a lightning round of comments before I get into a few topics. Share a tweet for your commentary, another story, and also ask what you're playing these days. Cucumber Lime Gatorade. This is a lightning round. Cucumber Lime Gatorade. I'm going to try to find it so that I can sample it and add my thoughts. I have a feeling it's going to start as refreshing like cucumber lime infused water, but then turn out really quickly to be piping hot trash. <laughs> that is accurate because it is Gatorade and it got sugar in it. And you put it on your tongue, you'd be like, mm, electrolytes. And then when the electrolytes turn into just fucking cucumber and lime, you'd be like, what the fuck? Who did this? And why? <laughs> Anyway, one episode, I think y'all talked about stuff white people do. One thing they don't do is wash their legs. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember when that was such a big thing. Yeah. They, apparently, because the soap run down the top of your body you to your legs. Your legs. have to wash your legs. Like, the, whatever. You got to scrub the dead skin off, bitch. Jeez. Just because you white and you don't see it, I guess. Or maybe you do see it. I don't understand. I don't care. <laughs> I scrub my legs. Yeah, we should. (laughs) Look, I'm a believer in no kink shaming, and that farting fetish ain't my thing at all. But yo, my man said the safe word. She's wrong for trying to get him into pushing past his boundaries. (laughs) Damn right, man. That shit was so fucking terrible. Y'all gotta have safe words with your kinks. Listen, man, I know it's an uncomfortable conversation, man, but somewhere early in the relationship, you need to find out if your mate got kinks. You just need to. Because you don't want them to pull out no crazy ass shit by the time you got damn too far in love to do something about it. Hell no. <laughs> you know, it sounds like they was early in the relationship, but imagine being with somebody for, for, for 10 years and they bring this shit out. <laughs> like, it, it's only so much you can do. Mm-mm. That was yeah. fucking disgusting. Right, you gonna keep them farts to yourself for the rest of your life, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott recently. Okay, all those are my quick thoughts. I had a few more, but I had to walk away from this email, and now I forgot. On to this week's discussion topics. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott recently came out and discussed his challenges with depression and mental health, and the vast majority of people were supportive. Skip Bayless, however, made some stupid comments. Two things here. Why is football so culturally stupid? I'm starting to think that Adrian Peterson was right. Despite the players making a lot of money, the culture is essentially that of modern-day slavery. White men want the black men to shuck and jive for entertainment. Same thing we see with all the hate towards Kaepernick and the NBA players and more. We still really need to work on toxic masculinity and thinking that struggling with mental health makes you less of a man. Next is, can someone, someone come get this man? This is Trump saying, we've had temperatures explode this summer. If we ignore the science and put our heads in the sand, we're not going to succeed. This is the uh, this is a governor of California, I think. He was talking about the fires and shit. Trump, it'll start getting cooler. You just watch. Um, <laughs> the governor said, "I wish science agreed with you." Trump said, "I don't think science knows." Actually, um, we'll talk enough about Trump later. Not to respond to this now because fuck him. Um, uh, no comment needed. Just read now. I'm gonna read this as well. What uh, Colin posted. 
The article is titled 25 Questions for the People Who Wear Masks While Driving Their Cars. One, why are you doing this? Two, I don't get it. Three, I mean, I get how COVID has invaded our brains and made us question whether the things we're doing are healthy and safe. Four, just yesterday I rubbed hand sanitizer on a Snickers wrapper before opening it. Five, which I'm certain isn't safe. Six, and maybe why I've been sneezing all day. Seven, have you ever seen a hedgehog in person? Eight, I don't think I have. Nine, but from what I think I know about them, COVID turned me into one. 10, because I only leave the house for food and sunlight. 11, and I haven't had a haircut since March. 12, and I think I look like one. 13, either that or I look like John Shaft's cousin James Shaft. 14, but anyway, I guess I get it. 15, if you had or planned or to have passengers. 16, but if they're the only, but if you're the only person in your passenger list car, why are you wearing a mask? 17, did you just come from somewhere that required masks and you just forgot to take it off? 18, or do you just not feel like going through the process of putting it back on when you exit the car. 19, which sounds to me like wearing your drawers in the shower. <laughs> 20, or brushing your hair while wearing a hat. 21, how are you even breathing with your stale stink mask breath mixing with your stale stink car stink? 22, but more than anything else, you're just making me paranoid. 23, and questioning whether I should be wearing a mask in my car too. 24, now I'm the irresponsible one because I drive mask free. 25, fuck you. <laughs> That's Some people at the roof don't got nothing to do with talk shit. I, you know what? I don't. I when I look across and I see somebody with a mask on in their car, I, I always am like the fuck. Cause listen, as soon as I come out of a store, like I don't even make it to the car. Like when I get out of the store, and this may change in the winter when it's cold and the mask may be like helpful because it's keeping my face warm. But right now, when it's making my motherfucking face sweat. I take that hoe off. Like, I'm not. So when I see people driving down the street with the shit on, I'm like, why? Like, but why? Why are you doing that? Man. Like and you in the car by your fucking self. It's not even like you're in a car with people. It's just you and your breath. <laughs> you breathe in your own breath behind the mask any goddamn way. Like, so I don't have titties, but. I mean, to a skinny guy may say I got titties, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I don't got woman sized titties to wear a bra. And you know, the way that women say when they get home and take their bra off, that's how I feel when I take that mask off in the car. If there's a possible way for a man to get to that feeling, I feel like that relief got to be like a little fucking fraction of how that shit feels. Yes. Um, As somebody that takes off a bra and a mask, yes. Yes, it does. So. A little bit. So here goes a comment. <laughs> and this speaks to some of the shit that I'd be experiencing. I love masks, exclamation point. Bullet point, he got six bullet points. No more smelling other people's poor hygiene and looking at things stuck in their snack of puss. <laughs> <laughs> People can't expect you to give the Midwestern smile greeting anymore. It limits facial expression and acoustics, so no more small talk. My face hasn't been this supple in years from the constant steaming. I merely have to point at things and people can't be mad about it. I can swear at people from a distance and they can't read my lips or flick my tongue like Gene Simmons. And people can tell what I'm doing. It's great. So I was thinking about that shit the other day. I was like, kids growing up now, like kids that are toddlers right now, they're going to really have a thing for fucking eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if this shit go on for another year or two, for some kids in the, in those ages where they, they seeing people's eyes, they're going to really be able to distinguish eyes from eyes. And that's, that's going to be a thing, you know? <laughs> but, you know, the most surprising thing about masks to me is that I've been meeting people who 
I've been working with or just people that I see constantly and just only see with a mask on. And I don't know if I built up this image of what they must look like under their mask. But when they take their mask off, it just never looked like what I thought it was going to look like. Ever. It's always just, it's like the eyes. I think what it is, is that I've built up this whole system in my head of what a face looked like under their eyes. <laughs> and so when I see certain eyes, I'd be like, okay, they got a full body chin, you know, lips full and bye. But when they take their goddamn mask off their chin be shaped like a fucking ice cream cone pointing down and shit. You know, they got one big one big bottom lip and the top lip thin like white people. If they black. <laughs> and I'm like, that shit I didn't man, I <laughs> you ain't these ain't Hollywood people. Let me just say that. I'm not Hollywood people either. You know what I'm saying? Hollywood people, if they take that mask off, you're gonna see like that chiseled chin yeah. and a fucking hundred percent smile and Everything good, but like that, no. People out here, people out here who are not crackheads. Some of us got crackhead teeth. That's just what it is. <laughs> some of us got teeth that are fucked up. Some of us, some of us got the stacking teeth thing where they kind of stacked up and twisting and turning in some spots. Oh, oh, or some people got that one one tooth that's yellow. Yeah, like people, like we ain't. We have red. It reminded me that under eye mask, a lot of us got regular ass faces. We as regular as hell. We ain't had years of treatments. We ain't had no beautician putting makeup on us and having regimens that we supposed to take. We ain't. We just had regular shit, regular face. I know when they look at me because you know how big my beard is. When I take my mask off, the little piece of hair up under my chin be pressed all up, touching my <laughs> lip and shit, feeling uncomfortable. I keep brushing my face because it feel like a fucking gnat or fly or something is there, but it ain't nothing but one of my fucking straight hairs that got caught up under my mask and flipped the other way, touching my face. And I'm like, this bitch-ass mask. So it's a lot of fucking uh, shit that I'm learning about masks. But I do like that I could just be, you know, like, fuck you to myself and nobody will ever know. <laughs> because my face is covered. Anyway, yeah, got off on a tangent there for that part of his letter. <laughs> Lastly, what are y'all playing these days? I'm trying to get into the Crusader Kings 3 and looking forward to drop to the drop of Super Mario 3D All-Stars this Friday. Hope y'all have a good week. Cheers, Colin. I've been playing a lot of those shump. Is it shump? Is that how you say it? Some shooter up side scroll with the, the spaceships and you shoot a bunch of shit. I didn't know they had a name. It's like shoot them up, but it's Shump, I think. But anyway, um, I've been playing a lot. I, I just like those games. I like the chaos and uh, clearing a screen full of fucking shit shooting at me. Um, so I've been playing more of those. I have one on my phone that I play, and then I downloaded one to my Xbox. You know, listening to Colin ask us what games we play and all the games he play, like, it really makes me question what a gamer is, you know? It's like, is game is a, being a gamer about quality or quantity, you know? So if somebody that plays the same game for three years straight until the next version of it come out, a gamer? Or is a gamer somebody who experiences the mass, vast uh, range of games that exist? Because Colin clearly play a new game every week. 
<laughs> and is looking forward to new games coming out all the time. But see me, my answer every week is Apex Legend, Call of Duty, <laughs> and then one other little game like Undermine or Forager. You know, some indie. I keep some indie games in my little my system of, of games. Um, but I found a two terabyte hard drive at Walmart for nineteen dollars. So now I got to download a whole bunch of more games that uh that I wanted to have on my system because I was having to delete and install and delete and install. But I don't know. It just makes me wonder that about you know gamers. I guess both of them technically gamers, but it's I wonder how. It's yeah. just a spectrum. You fall yeah. somewhere on the spectrum. If you play video games regularly enough, maybe you just fall on somewhere on the, the spectrum. Well, you know, I feel like, you know, like I was talking about how Kingston and the Foster Kids, or Remy and the Foster Kids don't really know anything better, so that's kind of what they pattern become. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, we just, my mama couldn't afford games. My mama couldn't afford games, or maybe she could, she just didn't find the value in paying for more than the three we had, you know, so... When I had Nintendo, I just played Mario over and over and over and over again. And then when yeah. I had a Super Nintendo, I beat Super Mario World so many times. Like, when you beat Super Mario World, everything changed color. Like, to make you feel like you're playing a different game, the, the, everything just changed colors and the enemies look a little different. Oh, yeah. But but it's, it's, in, it's, it's make you feel like you're playing a whole fucking different game, though. I mean, I never had, like, a range of games to play. I always just played the games that I had access to over and over and over again. And I feel like that's what make it easier for me to just play one game and just keep playing it. Uh, not to mention that the games these days don't even have a stop. They ain't even a, a win this game type. It's more like a, a sense of accomplishment type games. Those battle royale games, you play them, you um, try your best to win them, get close to win them, and then you win it. You're like, yeah, now let's do that again. It's, it's just no no end to the shit. Um, but that's what I like. But that's all I'm playing. I I ain't playing shit new. <laughs> I downloaded a bunch of games from the Game Pass. Oh, Wasteland Three. Don't like it. Uh, I don't like them. It's like one of those uh, strategy, um, turn based RPGs, where it's like. The enemies are gonna shoot you down, and then they shoot you, and then be like, "Now what do you do?" And it got like squares, and you can like move around if you click the square, and then you can attack. I don't like that shit. I didn't know Wasteland was like that. Uh, on paper, Wasteland should just sound like another fucking Fallout, <laughs> but it's not. It's different. I mean, I guess the concept of the game may be the same, but like the gameplay, the turn-based shit, I can't do it. I want to be able to run up on you and chop you with a knife if I want to, or blow you away with a shotgun. One of those. That's what I want to do. I don't want to I won't want them to control that and I select it. I don't like that. Your screen is blank. Yeah. Um So Do you know anything about what happened with Dak Prescott? Uh-uh. Dak Prescott's brother died at some point and then COVID happened at some point. And Dak Prescott got on TV and interviewed and talked about his depression and his struggles with the depression. Now, Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And so Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless on a show together, and, you know, they talk shit to each other. And I don't know who really likes Skip. I think Skip 
speaks for old ass white men. I mean, he's an old ass white man, and sometimes when like black shit happened, he he say some shit that you know the white man I think he catered to wouldn't say. But in the end of the day, that's what he is. He's an old toxic white man, and he basically said that in any other situation, I would agree. He said, but I want y'all to go on ahead and come for me because as the leader of that team, as the quarterback, the one that all the other guys look to, you can't show that kind of weakness. (sighs) In so many words, that's what he said. And man, that shit, like this day and age, like he should have knew he was going to get flame broiled for that shit. This shit is so toxic. And this yes, is why Is it Fox News? Fox News came out. Not Fox News, but Fox Sports came out the next day. was like, hey, we don't fuck with Skip's opinion. You know, that's, that bullshit is his. But we don't fuck with it, you know. And so this is what he's meaning. Basically, um, why is football so culturally stupid? Um, well, we, we, I, I'm, we'll, let's call these two different questions. Um, this goes into toxic masculinity. Like, as many people out there is calling for mental health to be resurrected and fixed, it's a whole bunch of people that's out there shutting the fuck up because they know they don't have nothing but bullshit to bring to the conversation. And Skip Bayless just happened to be one that wanted to say that shit. You know? And it just was really irresponsible. Uh, but Dak Prescott came back out and was like, you know, I don't know, I can't say exactly what he said, but he basically just, you know, snapped back at him like, look, real leadership is being honest with yourself and your team, you know? So me being myself, being real about it, being real with my people, that's what they respect, you know? Also, you know, he alluded to the idea that, like, you can't be that much of a leader if you got fucking struggles going on. It's going to impact every fucking leadership decision that you make. You know? And if he had drove his car off of a bridge, oh, he weak, he gave up on life, he should have got help. If he developed a really terrible drug or alcohol problem, people, like it's like, what? what is it that you want men with issues to do? <laughs> like, because not addressing it it just come out in negative ways like you cannot expect a human to not go through things and not need some kind of a way to process through it like that's not fair for you to say okay well you got that y chromosome so gonna have to just figure it out there bud like push through it it's the stupidest shit and this is why you have people committing suicide or doing uh, fucking murder suicides and shit like when they get their mental health get fucked up because they don't feel like they got nowhere to go because y'all telling them that they can't go nowhere or they not real leaders or they weak or it's the stupidest shit this shit is dumb it's ridiculous and I just don't I just don't know why it's so hard to understand it's like once all of this shit has been so deeply tied. I'm sorry. I started a, I opened the link and that shit got loud in my headset. 
Um, but all of that shit just, you know, when it gets tied into a man's own self-worth, those old ideas, you got to keep them. You got to keep them. You can't get rid of them now. Because if you get rid of this old shit that you was trained to believe, like, you know, if you talk about your emotions, that means you're weak. That means you're not a leader. That means you're not strong. You can't let that go because if you do that shit, people going to perceive you as that, as all of those things. And so you got to keep that bullshit-ass toxic way of thinking. We need a whole cultural shift. And it's going to take people like Dak Prescott saying that shit. Because the little boys growing up, watching him and wearing his jerseys, they can be like, you know, Dak Prescott had some struggles with this too. And he overcame it and yep. he fucking won a ring or whatever, you know, achievement that he make that ne- the next year. You know, signed a fucking major contract after that shit. You know, so. Uh, but, you know, why is football so culturally stupid? I don't know, man. Football has football has always been segregated. You know, by positions. <laughs> you know, like quarterbacks always been white. But up I to think, now. I think keeping it dumb works for the owners and the people that are higher up, right? Like if you you're pay I'm paying you for this particular thing. I'm paying for you to get out here and play this sport. Um, but I don't want you, that's all I need you to do. <laughs> Nothing more. Like you don't need to be educated to do that. You don't need, cause then when you get educated, you're going to be asking questions and shit. When you get educated, you're going to be a Colin Kaepernick who is like, shit is fucked up. I'm going to say something. But if I could just keep you happy with this, all of this, this money that you're going to make for running this football up and down this field. And you just willing to do what what's asked of you? I think that works out better for the business side of things than having a bunch of questioning ass people that's gonna have a problem with things. They just want to be able to cut a check and not have to deal with the other shit. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, but it's like I feel like you could do that. I feel like you could pay them this money. You could make your money too. And then you can add a component of consideration for the players because the NBA doing that shit. So what makes football the one? It's like football, a lot of parts of football was, then they at a certain point in football, then they have to create a, a league for black people basically. I'll make me laugh. Like uh, the NFL, like I think it was like the AFL and the NFL, and one of them started doing so well that I know they did that with baseball, but I don't know about. Man, somebody gonna have to educate us because if I'm not mistaken, at some point there was a league that had really successful black players, and that and at some point they integrated the black players into the main white league because it was getting so much fucking. It was getting so much attention that they was like, well, we can't lose our money to these niggas. So we, let's bring them on. Let's bring them on. That's all I, you know, I think. But uh, Colin, you can fill me in on that. Or uh, Cole Jackson. Y'all can fill us in on that if you if you feel like it. Um, but 
but that but that being said, if that is the case, man, you just got another old white system that black folks found their way in, and then they tried to maintain some part of that power, which was the quarterbacks, and then they lost the power with the quarterbacks. But the same people who grew up off of how that old system used to look are the ones running it now. And so they probably always had a problem with the fact that black people are participating in it, and hence why they have such a deep problem with it right now. Um, because it don't look like it looked when I was a child, you know, all these white players named and here come this black player, you know, just trying to play the game. And they mad at that. Like Jackie Robinson, like he literally just walked in and wanted to play baseball. And they all like all the audacity, the audacity (laughs) of this person trying to do the same thing that everybody else on the baseball field does. But the audacity of him, because we don't let, because it's so many implications of that. The only reason they were mad at him is because that system had created one, was created with the idea that black people aren't accepted, black people can't do the same things that white people do, and we're going to shun them and make them wish they didn't do it. And he's a hero to a lot of people because he did that shit. But you know what? How many death threats did he get? How many times did he have to move when people find out where the fuck he lived? How threatened did his wife and kids feel about that existence? Like that, that shit is tough. To have to live through. It's fucked up. Um, but but anyway, that's that that's about covers your letter, Colin. Uh we appreciate you for writing in. Well, I appreciate you writing in. I don't want to speak for red. I know I she mean, appreciate I it too, but I don't want to speak for you still. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh hey, keep them names coming, man. I, I am very interested to see what meat-based name you're going to be able to make next week. And uh, I'm just reinforcing something that Red did. So Thanks. You did it, Red. Shouldn't have did it. <sighs> um, all right. Next, we got a post. And for this, Red, I'm going to share my screen and we're going to let the audio play so that everybody can hear what it is. Okay. <clears throat> Share computer sound. Start sharing. You can see my screen. Yeah. All right. Let me play this. It should be recording. It should come on the audio. I tested this. Wait a minute. Where did it go? Where you go, bitch? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. Here it is. This says, the meme says, are you more dominant or submissive in a relationship? And and then it says me, and this is the response. I say it like this. If you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. Damn. Damn. I want to tweet that, but it ain't going to sound the same. (laughs) So... That was Jill Scott basically saying that, uh, answering that question about, you know, somebody being able to tell you what to do. And this is our listener letter from Kat. What do you think, Red? That is me. <laughs> it's 100% me. <clears throat> uh, you know what? I guess it begs the question for me. It doesn't sound like either one of those things is exclusionary. Um, for you being in a relationship with a person. What do you mean? Because it sounds like 
if we're talking about in a relationship, mm-hmm. there is a possibility that she accepts a person in the relationship that can tell her what to do, yeah. but also create a person in a relationship that can't tell you what to do. They just can't tell you what to do. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with somebody that couldn't tell me what to do. Well, we already know how that turned out for you and your little high school relationship. <laughs> you, 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 you are not a good fit for that kind of relationship. No, you're gonna I take need, advantage of a of a non-assertive motherfucker. I need you to be able to tell me what to do, and I wish I could give you a list of of characteristics that you need. But it's just kind of more of a, a feeling. Like, I don't know. I can't even tell you what kind of man can tell me what to do. It's just, he the nigga that can tell me what to do. Like, either you're somebody whose personality is going to be strong enough where that's going to happen, or you're not going to be able to fucking tell me what to do. And I'm not going to listen. So I got some questions. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work this out. Because okay. I didn't put much thought into it because I wanted to think about it on the show. Is that different than big dick energy? Yeah, it is. So, does that make big dick energy? Is it sexual? Like, what? What's the difference? Big dick Because I'm not. I don't think big dick energy is necessarily sexual. How I perceive it, I don't think it is either. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess you could you could say that they need big dick energy. Because uh, there is a level of confidence and a level of assertiveness. Because it isn't even about being aggressive. Like, you get aggressive with me, I'm definitely not going to fucking listen to you. But if you are somebody that is assertive and know how to say shit, I'll listen. I don't know how I'll say <laughs> Like, I wish I could give you specifics, but I can't. <laughs> so this is one of those things that is so subjective. You can't even give a template for a man to follow. No, I'm sure I've Big Dick Energy me. got some overlap with that because when you talk about confidence, then yeah, you're gonna have to have confidence. Yeah. When you have assertiveness, you're gonna have to have assertiveness. And I have a strong fucking personality. Like I, in the last few years, I've recognized how strong apparently it is because the last supervisors that I've had, they won't even say nothing to me. Like, <laughs> and I don't have an attitude. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Something about energy I give off, people don't be wanting to come at me wrong. (laughs) So, I feel like, and I've dated men on both sides. Like, I've dated men that I'm like, bitch, bye. Like, who you talking to? And I've dated men that I'm like, oh, okay, you right. You right. But the difference between those men, I can't, I don't know. It's just, it's a a vibe, it's an energy. Like, certain men just have an energy where it's like, I think part of it is, I need to have a level of respect for you for me to listen to you. Like, my issue has always been with that shit from the Bible about man being the head of the household is that you don't just get that because you got a dick, okay? You don't get to just go to the head of the household because you got a penis. That's not how that works. You need to be able to lead. I need to be able to trust that the decisions that you're going to make is going to have this family um, in mind and what's best for us. And if I can't trust you to do that, then you ain't no fucking head of the household, dick or not. I'm sorry. I can't, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) You ain't got it. Sorry. So I can't, I don't know. Maybe Kat can explain it better. (laughs) Cause I can't, I can't, I, you know, I just know when I meet somebody, if they're going to be somebody that's able to tell me what to do. It's been some moments in my life where, 
Um, so it's like I don't, I don't put myself in a position where I tell you what to do, and I don't think that's exactly what Jill is talking about. I think that's an extreme version of it, mm-hmm. even though that that is somewhat of a version. But I think the essence of what you're trying to capture is that you need to have the authority to be able to lead me in a direction if it's yeah. a direction that need to be led, you know? Uh, I don't think that means you always have to have that authority. No. You know, uh, but if at a certain point, if I be like, look, we got to do this. Like, she needs to believe that when you say it in that tone of voice, oh, this shit's serious. Let's sit yeah. down and get, let's sit down and do this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, I mean, I've had women and women and people, like, Sometimes one person I dated made me feel like a fucking cult leader or some shit. <laughs> and I don't know if that's her personality shit or what, but it was like I was in like my phase of I was only worried about myself and the things I value. And I think I might have talked about this on the show, but at a certain point in my life, I didn't fuck with Valentine's Day. I just hated Valentine's Day. It was to me, it was just a marketing ploy. To me, it was just a way to get everybody in here buying all these flowers and these chocolates and all this marketed shit with Valentine's Day on it. And I decided that I didn't I wasn't gonna celebrate it. And so I happened to be talking to a girl at the time. And you know, it was like when I said I don't celebrate it, she was like, okay, we don't celebrate it. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like passively. But I don't yeah. think that was fair. But it's like she was so easy to just be like, okay, whatever you say sounds best. Oh, you yeah. know. I felt like that, and then even one time, if you can tell me what to do, it'll never be like that. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's catered to her personality, but that's one of them. It made me feel like a cult leader type situation. I was like, damn, like she fucking indoctrinated by this situation. <laughs> uh, and then I was in a group counseling class. I don't remember the girl's name, but you know, I just be, I just be being fucking Eddie, and I be telling my story, and um, and at some point. She didn't ever talk a lot, but at some point when she decided to talk, what she decided to say was, I don't know what it is, but when Eddie talk, I really listen. Mm-hmm. And she said, I feel like if he said we should all walk off a bridge, I'll be behind him. I'm sitting here like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where that come from? <laughs> I don't talk to this girl or nothing, but, you know, and my brother called it the Eddie effect. You know, <laughs> my brother went to North Carolina after I worked at the Red Lobster there. And nobody knew he was my brother. He said when they found out that I was his brother, he said his whole life up there changed. They wanted to <laughs> hang out with him, smoke with him, drink with him. The kitchen was giving him free food. He said when they found out that you was my, he called me and said, Eddie, what you do to these people? And I didn't know what he was talking about. You know, so now I don't know if that has translated to all my relationships or will translate because these days I'm trying to be so intentional about you know, giving women freedom and not feeling like I'm over asserting my masculinity into a, a situation in a relationship, you know, that I give off a whole different energy than I used to give off because I'm really being intentional about some stuff that it takes, I think, to be to make a relationship fair and not a dictatorship. Even if you have that, if even if you have that, the relationship can still be not a dictatorship and fair. You know, so I think that that's not like a um tell me what to do like i always got to tell me what to do it's just like you have the potential yes to lead her when she needs to be led or wants to be led or uh, if neither one of y'all really know what the fuck is going on 
whoever, if you step up and take the lead, she ain't gonna be like, let me take this one, motherfucker. You you be fucking up. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I I think like that's the essence of it. And like that's how I interpret it, you know. And um like I said, the issue I've always had with like the biblical man in the household shit is that a lot of men think they don't have to earn that shit. Like you just gotta listen to me because I'm the man, bitch. But <laughs> that's the <laughs> quickest way to get me to not listen to you. <laughs> like I need you to show me through action that you a motherfucker that I need to to let lead this family. And even in letting you lead the family, if you go on astray, my nigga. Yeah, we're gonna have a conversation. Like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> have you ever seen the have you ever seen the life and times of David Gale? No. It's like I feel like you do something like this in your relationship. So basically, the life and times of David Gale is about this man who killed his wife. It was a death roll, a death penalty challenge in like Texas or some state. Um the people were arguing that this is unconstitutional, the death penalty, because it's possible to choose the wrong person. It's possible that you choose, you don't choose the right person or convict the right person of a death. And so this whole story was about this man whose wife ended up, not his wife didn't end up dead, but yeah, his wife ended up dead and he was charged for the murder, but they recorded her death and she actually committed suicide with him there to prove that it's possible for y'all to choose the wrong person and put the wrong person to death. So they put him, so both of both of them basically sacrificed their life to prove to the system that the death penalty is unjust because she didn't really kill herself and he died because they thought that he did. Where does that remind you of me? <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> I feel, I feel like you said the quickest way for a dude to fuck up with you is what now? Oh, to tell me I gotta listen to him just because he a man like nigga bye. Yeah, I feel like you would create a situation that'll fuck all his whole system up. Yes. Oh, just because you a man, huh? Okay. I feel <laughs> like you create a. I feel like you create a problem in the house. That that he would have to fix because he was a man, or because that you have to listen to, he'd expect you to listen to because he's man, and he'll end up fucking up the whole situation just so you can say, "Oh, supposed to listen to you because you a man, right?" Yeah. Don't look like it worked out this time. <laughs> I feel like you at that level. Of, I feel like you at that level of like, I just would hate to live with you for three days after I done made you mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would do. I'd be like, "Oh my god." I just have to be out every day, like I made her mad, bro. You know when she get mad, I don't know. You like like Kingston, that Kingston, yeah. Shit in the corner, yep. somewhere where you can't find it. Yep. <laughs> like that's gonna be you. You just <laughs> your mate just not gonna know what the fuck it is. Like I don't know what it is. She's being extra nice today, but I know she ain't over the shit. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck. I, my food might be fucking poison. I don't even want to eat at home, nigga. I just need help. <laughs> help me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty accurate. No, it is. That's that's pretty accurate. You know how many? I, I probably would do that. You know how just many? Just because it's like if I tell me telling you, you ain't gonna listen. But listen, look at this evidence. Look at how you fucked this up. Yeah, basically, okay. you're going to create a whole scenario yes. that fucks up his perspective, and yes. you're going to do it enough times to sow doubt into him. 
you gonna be like you gonna be like the men and be like you ain't gonna find nobody better than me except it's gonna be your word ain't always right you be fucking up he just not gonna know that you set up the fuck ups but see that go back to our system of you need somebody on your intelligence level you won't be able to do that with him you'll be able to do that with a seven yeah. Which is which is you know because we 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 deduce that eight is about where you at and what you need. Yeah, you need a seven. Well, you need an eight, but you can do that with a seven, not as effectively. But a six is ideal if you want to do that shit. <laughs> if you get a dude that's like the two notches below your intelligence level, you'll do that shit well. But <laughs> but that that's like I would hate to live with you for three days after I did some shit. This yeah. hate. Imagine how many sets of three days he gonna lose. He's gonna be drunk <laughs> as hell and it's gonna be your fault. And you ain't even gonna be able to change. Oh man. I'm sorry, Red. I think any of these little moments of talking shit about you. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> even though it's true, it's this stuff that you know you don't supposed to say. Well, I believe it's true, <laughs> to a degree at least. If you just don't supposed to say it, but I be saying that shit. <laughs> All right. Um but yeah, that's yeah. my thoughts on it, man. I mean, I understand what she's saying in that whole sentiment. Yeah. I understand what she's saying. That's how I live my life. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a listener letter from Cinnamon. It's a Reddit post. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Let me see. Hopefully I ain't no more that kink shit, because I can't. It says, ah, hell no. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, no, I'm finna go on a rant. Uh. Am I the asshole for not wanting to accept my husband's a fair child? What? Hold <laughs> on, already. What the <laughs> fuck? Go ahead. All right, let's do it. My husband and I have been married for seven years. Happily, I thought. We have two girls, five and four, and two boys two and unborn he's due any day i lost my job back in march due to the pandemic and it's been so nice being a stay-at-home mom to the kids our fourth child is due any day now and about two days ago i received a bombshell my husband had an affair it broke me to the core he is the love of my life then he hit me with the second part of the news that had a baby that they had a baby about a month ago he's about two months early in intensive care and his mother is an addict and was arrested and they want custody to go to my husband he told me I let myself go all these months and that it was a moment of weakness. He's telling me that we could still be a happy family and that his baby needs a father. Am I the asshole for not wanting any of this? His side of the family is calling me a monster for turning away a child in need. I feel like I'm living in a nightmare. Okay, so many fucking things. Did you really just say that he told her that she had let herself go and that's why he went out here and fucked somebody? A crackhead, drug addict, heroin addict, wall. <laughs> And got somebody motherfucking pregnant. You gonna blame me for that shit? You done lost your... Let me tell you something. No. You are not an asshole. His family is an asshole. He's a... I wish the fuck they would tell me I'm a monster. No, your motherfucking brother is a monster. Your motherfucking brother was out here getting his dick sucked for heroin. Okay? Because he out here just fucking some random who's so high on drugs that she can't take care of this goddamn baby. And now it's supposed to be my issue? It's supposed to be my problem? Because he out there fucking up? How about y'all so goddamn concerned and he need to be a, a father to his, his baby? Then he move in with you. And he take the baby and move in with you. And all y'all could just be one big happy fucking family over there. And let me be over here. 
monster my ass. No, no. Not only did he fuck up, he blamed her for his fuck up. Fuck that nigga. Fuck him. Bruh. This shit's so stupid. Like, just upending somebody's whole life. You need to take all the rest of your kids away and just goddamn charge his ass with that shit. Make him pay. Fucking a whole addict out here who so bad off that the courts are trying to take the baby away from her. Like, and I'm a monster because we already got three and, and one on the way and you want to make this four child household into a five child household because you was out there fucking up. Big fuck you. Fuck you. I know that baby didn't ask to be born into this, but I didn't ask for this shit to be laid in my doorstep either. So both of us is victims the way I see it. Fuck all y'all. This is just not a safe situation for that baby either because the mama ain't going to treat that baby right. Nope. The siblings, because of the mama, the siblings ain't going to treat the baby right. And daddy, I don't even know what kind of relationship the wife can even have with the husband now after this shit done went down. You let yourself go? Is that what he said? Yeah. You let yourself go. I'm about to really let myself go all over your ass right the fuck now. You ain't seen letting go. Bitch ass nigga. Like how the fuck? And see, this is what this is this is when you go to the dark web or the black black internet <laughs> to try to figure out how to fix this. Like if you want some if you want one of their family members' house burnt down, who <laughs> do you like already? Just choose them. Because they say they calling you a monster. Like a monster? Really? <laughs> like this nigga the monster? <laughs> Just because he y'all family. Like that, that family shit really, really gets me. You know? Like why family be so irrational irrationally supportive of people? Mm-hmm. My family wouldn't do that. My family would call me on my bullshit. I would too quick. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like Yeah. They'll be like, Eddie, why are you fucking crackheads? <laughs> I mean, it was a moment of weakness. <laughs> she let herself go. Bitch, you goddamn, your wedding vows say for fucking better or for worse. It don't say for worse after it. If it's too bad, you can go fuck some crackhead bitches. It don't say that shit. And I let myself go, but you are, have you seen crackheads? You really, I let myself go in the way that you gonna get me to, to, to pick up my shit and get back on my shit is by you going to fuck somebody that does crack. You are crazy. And you have the audacity to say let myself go when we have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and an unborn child. I literally been pregnant for the last five years, give or take a little space in between. And you have the audacity to say that I let myself go and it led you to this shit. And not only that, but now I need to bring your crackhead whole baby into the house? <laughs> Hell no. And, but this, this is the complicated part. I don't understand why she don't automatically believe she ain't the asshole. Like, you should know you're not the asshole. Why are you asking internet people if you're the asshole? Like, have they really... His family really went in on you enough? What your family saying? That's what I wonder. Like, where your, where your crazy-ass older cousin at that's ready to bust this nigga head in the alley? Me. Where is me? Where is me? <laughs> Where's your red in your family? <laughs> yeah, where, 
Because Red ready to slice a motherfucker up and put him in the trunk. Right now. And it ain't even, I don't even know none of y'all. But and I, let me tell you something about, I don't have in-laws. I don't know if I ever have in-laws. What I'm going to tell you this, you as an in-law ain't going to be able to shake nothing over here. If your brother is fucking up and you come in my face talking about I'm a goddamn monster, you gonna get this ass whooping in these hands just like he is because you asking for it. This finna be a whole family goddamn affair. I'm whooping everybody ass. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm a monster because your brother fucked a crackhead and I'm not saying bring the crack baby home. We'll just be a big old happy family. It's fine. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Yeah, that's a bad situation. She gonna smother that baby when it's three. Whoops. <laughs> Don't know what happened. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Let me tell you. Just know. <sighs> these situations, man, they so stupid. Um, But better, better, better somebody else than me, goddamn. Look, and I think, like I said, I feel like with a lot of these things that I read, I feel like this wouldn't be me because I feel like the person that was with me would fucking know better. Like, I feel like he would know, first of all, just even having to come to the house and tell me that you didn't got somebody else pregnant, period, isn't going to go well for you, okay? This ain't going to be your day. I would think he would have the common sense to not press or come at me with this already fucked up news by trying to blame it on me. Like, I I feel like anybody who was with me, married me, would know that ain't the avenue to take. <laughs> like, that ain't the way I'm going to go in here with this. It's mm. crazy. <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> and that and you got to paint that situation early. Like, the, and, and, you know, her story also said, you know, I thought we were happily married. Like, you have got to go into a relationship making sure a motherfucker know what your deal breakers are. Yep. Um, and that's, that's the reality. That's what you got to do. Like, Red's partner is going to know that there are several things that he could do that will put his life at risk. Yes. Your life will be in jeopardy in these moments. And it's really certain things you got to do to fix that shit. And that's why I'm telling you, Red, when you get a dude, for real, you need to give him my number. <laughs> I'm not playing. I ain't trolling. I'm going to be like, listen, bro, it's only two ways out of this shit. Erase whatever you thought you could do in a relationship before this. Erase whatever your mom and your family taught you. I'm going to help you navigate this shit to save your fucking relationship. Because you know what? I done saved your ass a bunch of times without you knowing. I need you to fucking listen to me if you want this shit to continue. All right? It's so true. Like, niggas that I have dated have no idea how much you've helped them. <laughs> we got none. And I'm just, I just want you to be happy. So I don't give a fuck about that nigga. But in order, if a decent dude, decent enough dude with you is somebody who can endure the marathon that is red, then if he can endure that shit, and you enjoying it, then I'm going to help him help you enjoy that. I don't give a fuck about his enjoyment. <laughs> if you found something you like, then I'm going to help you help you keep it through him. That's so be like, listen, nigga, you better call Eddie. You better call him because <laughs> I feel like you finna make some bad decisions. 
you're gonna turn this three days into a twelve days. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. That's, yeah, that's this, gonna happen. Damn, <laughs> you are not the asshole. Like, yeah. and you need to get out of that situation. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's, it's it's the best way to get out of it, but it's illegal. You go. All right. That is. <laughs> You need to get that insurance policy claim. <laughs> y'all got all them kids. I know y'all got life insurance. You know, he sound like the breadwinner if you could lose your job and just become, you know, a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So you need to be doing some research on how to get this man out of there. <laughs> One way or the other, if you know what I'm saying. And there's ways to not leave traces. Just howl at me. We'll talk. Yeah, Carl Red should help you with this. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks, Cinnamon, for sending us that. Thank you, girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody dude, just everybody know how to get red blood pressure up. I, I hate you did this. So I did. You did this I'm to too yourself. Easy. <laughs> See, I made myself too easy. Uh, did Did you want to jump into the stories, or did you want to do another Reddit? Let's do Reddit. Okay. I mean, we, do, we can do more Reddits. Let's see. I, I mean, I ain't got too much news. I just, I, you know. Um, there was some. <laughs> Reddit be really having a lot of shit. Like, who? Reddit really have a lot of shit. Oh, Reddit yeah, it does. Really... Uh, we have a bad friend. Uh, a dad making a joke about male rape. Oh, Jesus. Um, a horrible parenting question. Um, a gaming question. And a murder. A, a attempted murder question. <laughs> I want to hear about the male rape. All right. This is a 21-year-old male and his dad, who's 54. Title is, my co- my dad constantly makes jokes about my rape. To keep my background short, I was in a t- relationship many years ago for two years. It was toxic. It was, fuck me or I'll cheat on you. It was, you aren't a real man if you don't do things with me. This was the 8th to 10th grade. Oh, 8th through the 10th grade. Horrible, awful shit. I have forgiven her since. I talked to her years later about it. She was being raped by her stepdad during our relationship, and that violence and awful shit basically got transferred onto her and then onto me. I finally had the guts to tell my parents about what happened to me about a year ago and explain how that went. Oh, oh to, and to explain how that went, I'll give you a quote from my dad. I don't understand how you didn't like it. He doesn't believe a man can be raped unless by another man. But that shit really fucked me up for a long time. Even to this day, it still fucks me up. I can't get hard sometimes because I get such anxiety about it. One time I talked to my parents about it when I was like 20. And to this day, if I could ever go out with a girl, my dad will say, could you get it up this time and laugh away? Just to give an example. I just don't know what to do. I feel like shit about it. I feel like shit about it way too often for it to be healthy. Your dad is an asshole. Damn. (laughs) It is a good... That's fucked up. <laughs> you could be raped by a woman. Technically, yeah. I was raped, statutory raped when I was growing up. <laughs> I done told y'all several times my first girlfriend was 23 when I was 16. Yes. That was not ideal. 
for her. Shouldn't have been. It's ideal for it's ideal for a boy, but that goes into more of the issues. <laughs> you know, we don't look. You know, we have a society that don't look at women uh, having sex with men against their will as rape. But that's another component of toxic masculinity. You know, it's because it's like because we. I think it's because men have the tool. Yeah. You know, like. Me and we have the we have the thing that penetrates, <laughs> and we're usually the one that have to insert it, you know, into you. So I guess the perception is that you know a man have to thrust, you know, but I mean he's so psychologically damaged by this that it's having impact on his sex life as an adult, and and your child comes to you in a moment of honesty trying to say, hey, this is what I'm going through, and you just laugh it off? Like, your dad is a fucking dickhead. Most dads are dickheads. To a degree? Yeah, but to this extent, goddamn. (laughs) This is is extreme. But, you know, even dads, not necessarily dads today, but, like, dads of the age of our dads, they are problematic men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and if your dad was a problematic man, it's likely that you're at least 60% problematic man if you were raised by that guy. <laughs> and that's how the cycle keeps continuing on. And so, yeah, this shit about homosexuality and rape, especially for a woman raping a man, all of that shit. Men laugh about it. Police departments laugh about it. That's why men don't report rapes. Yep. Men don't even report rapes by man because even if he did consider that a rape, I'm sure that he was still connected to weakness somehow. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he was still talk big shit about it. Yep. You know, and that's uh, that's a problem. Your dad's a douche. Just you know. And here's the thing. Let me tell you something about parents. You don't get to choose your parents. And so some of us just give Dale a really shitty hand. It's like you sit down at the space table and you like real optimistic and then you you get flip your cards over and you like fuck. And you still gotta play the hand out. You still have to live life out. But what you the the choices that you have, like family is as family does. I think I've said that on the show before. So like I don't feel like, I got to fuck with you because you family. If you're not acting like family, I'm not going to treat you like family, period. Like, that shit only means something if it means something. <laughs> like, you being my dad, but you fuck helping to fuck me up psychologically. I mean, you, dad, you being dad is on, a, on the lower end of that totem pole to the psychological help of me. So, fuck your dad. He, he an asshole and... It's not a lot that you can do about that other than limiting the damage done when you interact with him. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to change him. You know, and this speaks to a bigger phenomenon, which is where a child tries so desperately to figure out what they have to do to maintain a relationship with a parent that's problematic. You know, for a lot of the kids I work with, I tell them the parents have been so toxic and the kids will tell me, I don't really give a fuck about a relationship with that lady or that yep. man. I'm ready to fucking leave. And when I leave, I'm not coming back. And when I talk to the parents, I'll be like, the only thing I want for you is for your kid to want to come back home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and 
spend yep. some time with you. You can't be so rigid in your way of thinking and raising your kids that if they don't go your way, if if they got to do it your way exclusively and you ain't willing to change none so much so that if your child don't like it enough they willing to never come back home if you're happy with the idea that your child won't come back home for 18 years because you got the kind of order you want that's not parenting nope. that's not parenting that that is a fucking dictatorship and you won't want a dictator in america would you so why the fuck would a child want a dictator in their house you know, you can have the kind of authority and respect that you want without, you know, fucking terrifying a child into giving it to you. And that's what a lot of parents do. And so kids <clears throat> end up being caught in this cycle of when I turn 18, I'm not coming back home. But, you know, maybe dad got some redeeming qualities outside of that situation. Or maybe this kid is just really indoctrinated to trying to build a positive relationship with his parents. Because after he ain't he ain't a kid no more. He can just be like, I'm fucking my parents. Yeah, my dad's a dick. I'm not coming back home. You know, maybe that'll change then, or maybe you'll just get the piece you're looking for on that side of of him joking about a fucking seriously traumatic issue that you went through. Yep. Well, since we're talking about parenting, this is a 17 year old male. And the title of it is, I am basically grounded until my 18th birthday in May because I was caught with condoms. I don't talk to my parents anymore and they are hurt. Uh, hi. Okay, I, read I, that again. He's 17. Okay. I, he, and he's grounded until his 18th birthday next May uh, because they caught him with condoms. And now he, he ain't talking to his parents because he pissed and... They hurt because he, he won't talk to him. I and my girlfriend, and his girlfriend is 18, have been dating since last November and started having sex in June. I always keep my condoms under my bed because nobody just goes snooping under my bed. Mid-July, my dog was under my bed, and he took my condom box and ran out with it. I stopped him in the hallway and took them back, but my mom had already seen it. She snatched it out of my hand and started yelling for my dad. He came. She held the box up and pointed at me, and they both looked so disappointed I felt very ashamed. They ended up breaking me and my girlfriend up and stalked my every move to make sure we aren't together. Although we're not together anymore, I find ways around their blocks when I can. My parents have this <clears throat> my parents have decided that COVID is a great opportunity to do some family bonding. They bought board games made every Saturday movie night and even want to take turns talking about their day. I often start studying, so I am too busy to have to join. However, sometimes they will force me to join. I just sit there silently or I don't engage at all. I don't mean to hurt their feelings. There just isn't anything I want to say to them. My dad got angry a couple of days ago because of my silence with them. He screamed about how I haven't had a real conversation with them in basically two months. I let him scream and stay silent. Again, I just don't have anything to say to them at all. However, my dad's yelling did make me feel like a terrible kid for not speaking to them. I guess I should start talking to them, but I just don't want to. I know that family is important and you should never hold gorgeous towards your family, but my feelings feel so set in stone that I don't think I could bring myself to have a true conversation with them. Is there any way I can just get over myself and speak to my parents? I just Nigga, wanna... no. <laughs> Nigga, no. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay? <laughs> this motherfucker said, I know you're not supposed to hold grudges with family. What? Who the fuck told you that? The same motherfuckers that think they can do whatever the fuck they want to do to you and you just supposed to accept it and let them do that shit? 
No, fuck them. You feel how the fuck you supposed to feel. How you feel is how you're supposed to feel. Now, if you don't like how that feels, then you can change and modify that. But when you question, like, how you feel when something happens is a gateway to the experience. If you feel like you don't want to talk to them, that means you feel wrong as fuck by them. If you feel wrong as fuck by them, it's maybe worth having a conversation with them about how wrong you feel because that shit ain't right. And I, I think a consensus would say that shit ain't right. He broke, they broke up his relationship? Because he was using condoms. <laughs> this motherfucker is being responsible. Yes. And they have the audacity to be like, you little responsible ass bitch. How dare you be responsible doing some shit that we don't want you to be doing? <laughs> Taking away your condoms. But as soon as he get a chance to see his girlfriend, he gonna fuck her raw out in the back of a truck. <laughs> And have a grandfather coming for y'all ass. And then as soon as y'all be like, how dare you do this bitch? I had condoms. <laughs> Matter of fact, got a prank on purpose. Now this kid ain't gonna do that. But the kid with the level of pettiness that I aspire to have at some point in my life, like, I want my kids to be that petty. I'm not gonna be an irresponsible enough parent for my kids petty to fuck with me. But my kids <laughs> petty gonna fuck with everybody else. And I'm gonna be like, that's my nigga right there, boy. He be so petty, goddamn. <laughs> I don't know where he get that shit from, but goddamn, this is the petty king or petty queen. Like, that's the kind of shit, like, but if, it's like for me, I, I'm going to encourage my kids to call out my wrongs. I'm not always fucking right. No. And you know, I get, I when get, I, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, I get parents don't want their kids to have sex. I get it. I get that that makes you uncomfortable. I get that you feel like, you know. This is not something that you want. But in the big scheme of things, he's a 17-year-old having sex with a girl that's his girlfriend. And he was responsible enough to, to say, okay, probably need to wrap this shit up if we don't be doing this. And right. he ain't even come to y'all for the, he went about the shit to himself. Was handling all of this on his own. <laughs> I'd be like, mom, dad, you don't understand we weren't having sex. We was fucking. <laughs> Just want y'all to know your son be fucking. <laughs> I mean, you might as well drive the wedge into him now. Hell, they done broke up your relationship. They done fucked up your safe practices. They done told you that you grounded until May. This is the best case scenario in a situation like this. He's not 13. He's 17. He's being responsible. I mean, it's with a girl that he's he's with. And I mean, from, I forgot, November to June or whatever. In, in teenage time, that's a long time. It's not an adult time, but in teenage time, that's a long time. Like, he, this is the most ideal situation for this shit. Like, and y'all flip out so bad that you break his relationship up, you take away the condom, and then you try to force all this fucking family time on him. He don't want to be with y'all. He want to be with the girl that y'all broke him up with. Now, he don't want to sit around and play no goddamn board games. Have you had sex? If you had a choice between sex and playing board games and shit, like, what the fuck do you, what do you mean? <laughs> no. Daddy must be Kirk Cameron, goddamn. <laughs> I remember the first time, like, Kirk Cameron and his wife had some little campaign about, you know, abstinence and not having sex. And I'm like, but you fucked before, though. Yeah. Like, how dare you tell me not like, if you know what busting a nut feels like, why the hell would you tell me not to do it? That <laughs> shit feels amazing. 
And you know what? I don't give a fuck what level of Christian you are, or if you just having sex to procreate. That shit feel good, and you know it. <laughs> if you know what it feel like, man, shut the fuck up about telling me not to do it. Every adult that done had sex should understand that we are a sexual creature, and that at some point that that shit gonna happen. Yes, theoretically, you want it to happen after a child and got married. If you're a Christian. You know, if you're just an understandable person, at least somebody that they value and that they care for enough deeply for it to be a meaningful experience. But you ain't got no business telling me at 17 or just going to these extremes. You yeah. know, like, so if this shit happened to me, oh, and you know who the, the, the real asshole of this is? That fucking no. dog. <laughs> that little motherfucking bitch. Oh my God! This man came home and that dog dragged the box out into the hallway. What the fuck? What kind of parents would give a child so much privacy that he's at seventeen could hide condoms just right up under his bed? But then it's so much restriction that if they found something like condoms, that they will fucking lock you down a hundred percent. The balance in this family is all off. The balance in this family. Motherfucker, you should have been burying these condoms in the backyard or something, man. You should have had a goddamn little hole in the backyard that you fucking put the condoms in, cover that shit up. Like, because you leaned too heavily on the idea that your bedroom would never be compromised somehow. <laughs> because it's a bunch of shit you did wrong in this, bro. First off, you either knew your parents were going to respond crazy to this but you had such a deep sense of security that you weren't worried about it, or you didn't know your parents well enough to have these condoms in your room, number one. Number two, you got a dog that wasn't small enough to fit up under the bed and tinker with your shit, and you left the fucking door of your room open while you was gone, bitch. Your dog didn't open the door. <laughs> you fucking up on all kinds of fronts. You left the fucking door open, your dog is little enough to get in the bed, and you had this dumbass sense of security to let your parents come in or something come in to look in your room, but you didn't think that nobody would ever do it because they don't do that shit. But here you are, condomless, girlfriendless, and pussyless, because your ass wasn't taking the precautions that you're supposed to have been taking. <laughs> I don't mean, I don't want to put it on, it ain't your fault, you know what I'm saying, that your parents ain't shit, but you played a role in this shit happening the way it happened. You know what I'm saying? You got to hide condoms. Like, I want my kids to be smart enough to believe that they need to hide condoms very, very well, even if they don't have to. Like, be creative. Like, get some tape and tape them holes up to the bottom of your desk or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Take, take them holes up to the bottom of your desk. How many parents is going to come to your desk and look up under the desk where gum would normally be and think that condoms is right there? Not a motherfucking one. The only thing you risk with that is if a parent drops something up under your desk and then they go pick it up and then look up and be like, what the fuck? But even then, when you drop something under your desk, you don't turn your fucking head around like the exorcist and look behind you to see what the fuck going on. You just get what your shit is. Like, I want my kids to at least believe they need to hide that shit and do it real effectively. Because if I if I found my kids' condoms in a place that was amazing, I'd be like, ah, this nigga smart. He's <laughs> a smart-ass nigga, girl. Like, he hid condoms in a good-ass fight. And you know what? We wouldn't even be hard on the motherfucker if he had sex. But the fact that 
he knows social context enough to believe that he need to hide them bitches for us, this nigga get it. <laughs> get it like a motherfucker. I ain't even gonna tell him I found him. I ain't gonna tell him I found him. I'm just gonna keep my eyes on him. You know what I'm saying? We got clearly gotta have a talk. You know what I'm saying? Because I gotta have a talk about, you know, we gotta talk to him about it. If he has, if he get to a situation where he about to have sex, but he ain't got no protection, we don't need raw dogging going on. <laughs> I don't know if he know that or not, but like now I feel like I need to teach him that. <laughs> I need that kind of intelligence. But this kid is indoctrinated by his family. They convinced him that we could do this shit to you and you ain't gonna do nothing but shut the fuck up and love us. And you're gonna have this conversation. That's what his family basically saying. Yeah. Listen, we're going to upend your life, all of the things you care about, all of the things you love for the next fucking year until you turn 18. And we want you to have a conversation. And then I'm going to get mad at you if you don't talk to me. <laughs> what the hell? No. No, that's not. That's stupid. That's stupid. Why would you do that? This kid needs to This kid need to meet somebody who got a fucked up family who they don't fuck with. So that he can be like, wait a minute. You don't have to care about your family? Man, no, you don't. Motherfuckers ain't nothing but people. Like people who believe that they're entitled to being able to tell you what the fuck to do. That's all family is, especially when it comes to parents. And if you don't like what they're telling you what to do, why the fuck would you force yourself to accept it? You don't do that with strangers? Nope. But that's the thing about family. Like, you get this idea your whole life that, you know, you're supposed to do certain shit because they family. Family is what family does. If you ain't acting like family, the fuck I look like treating you like this shit. Like, bye. Um, <laughs> this one was just, this would be the last one, but it was just very ID channelish. And I was just like, okay. Um, let me go to the original thread because this is the, okay. My girlfriend tried to push me off a cliff as a joke and he put jokes <laughs> in quotation marks. <laughs> ain't a fucking joke. What the fuck? Girlfriend is 20, he's 18. <clears throat> My girlfriend is completely crazy, but mostly in a good way. Spontaneous is an understatement. Sometimes she goes too far, but I love her for her crazy personality. I am more relaxed and we balance each other out. Two recent incidents really freaked me out, though, and I need advice. I was driving on the highway with a lot of traffic. We were doing maybe 40 miles per hour. She suddenly started tickling at me and wouldn't stop when I yelled at her. I jammed on the brake and someone almost hit us from behind. I asked her, what the fuck is wrong with her? But she just laughed and told me to chill. I said, what would make you want to do that? She said, I don't know. Just felt like it. Then last Saturday, I was hiking with her and I was standing near this steep cliff. I'm usually worried of her because you never know what she's going to do, even though it's usually just a prank or something. I let my guard down and she went behind me and pushed me towards the cliff. And I swear I almost fell off. She did it hard and I ended up right at the edge. She was laughing so hard. I freaked out and started screaming at her. And I may have been out of line, but holy shit. She laughed about it at first, but then she started crying and saying she was so sorry. The next day, she started texting me saying that she didn't mean any harm and she just didn't know that I would get so mad at her for doing that. Am I crazy for thinking about this? Is it possible she's just immature and if I get back with her, she'll be different? I'm kind of lonely and I, I really love her, but this really made me rethink the situation because now I feel like she's legit crazy, not just fun crazy. Thanks for your advice. <laughs> I feel like he been 
There's no possible way she could do this shit and have a, a reasonable level of fun crazy. <laughs> I feel like he been justifying all her crazy in some way until this moment and just labeled it as fun crazy. It ain't no way that she doing this life-defined shit and trying to figure out why and you trying to figure out if you should be with or not. And this, you know, Reddit is exposing how many people out here are really uncertain about shit that seemed normal to me. <laughs> you know, like you need yeah, you need to let her go. She crazy. <laughs> she at least got homicidal tendencies. Here's the update. If this so, was a if this was um if this if this was a counseling session, I borderline need to report her ass. <laughs> She's done a lot of shit. Like, so like if she was in counseling with one of us and said I pushed my I pushed my boyfriend off to the edge of a cliff and I don't know why we need to get her to the fucking hospital. Yeah, yeah. That's homicidal ideations. It is. Or it close enough for us to not motherfucking play with it. He updated it. He said, I've been thinking a lot and I decided that I'm ending my relationship with her. This isn't easy for me. It's hard because I've been with her for almost two years, but it's even harder because now I feel a ton of guilt myself as I remembered things that I ignored and how I was only worried about her after I became the victim. I mentioned that point in the other thread, but I feel even worse about it now. I know I was stubborn in the last thread, but I listened to everyone's advice very carefully. You all helped me so much. Um, I just ignored everything she did. I thought about some memories using this new perspective. I remember earlier this year, her dad got her a job at the front desk at this apartment complex. It's hard to explain this place because it was sort of a luxury place and most apartments aren't like this, but I was there once or twice to pick her up. And I remember what the building looked like. There were a lot of older people living there and right near the entrance of the building was an elevator, which only went up. Then there was the main elevator, which was kind of far down the long hallway. She had to call that first elevator down after the person was approved to go into the building. One time, me and her were smoking and just chilling, talking about stuff. She was laughing to me about how she would sometimes disable the up elevator and pretend it was out of order. And then she watched these older handicapped people walk down this long hallway to get to the main elevator. <laughs> she got fired pretty quickly. Anyway, because she activated the fire alarm when there was no fire. When they asked her what happened, she pretended that the computer was glitching and she couldn't stop it, but they believed she did it on purpose, so they fired her. I'm sure some people could have been injured during the chaos. I guess the alarm must have disabled the elevator, so everyone had to grab their stuff and run down the stairs as quickly as possible. I can imagine all these elderly people going down so many flights of stairs. I think anyone, I don't think anyone was injured. But they did fire her, and maybe they're still investigating. I don't know if it could help, but I'm going to call that place and tell them what she told me and how she admitted to pulling the alarm on purpose. That will help my conscience out a lot. Like I said, I feel terrible about ignoring this stuff. You think maybe you might think I'm an idiot or a terrible person myself. I don't know what to say, but when I really thought about this stuff, I decided that I couldn't be with her. I know people will criticize me, and that's fine. This is an update, but also a confession, to be honest because I have to get that off my chest. And there's a bunch of other stories too that she told me or that I saw myself. I enjoyed her craziness, to be honest, even though I was always on edge, but I thought of it as her being fun and spontaneous instead of sadistic. I guess I'm pretty weird myself. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she definitely crazy. And she <laughs> might come kill your ass, matter of fact. Don't like, about thinking... snitching on her. You might want to just let that be. 
I mean, she already lost a job. It ain't like they're going to call her and be like, ha, 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 you would have got away with it, too, if it weren't for that Millen boyfriend. <laughs> they ain't going to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? They going to just be like, okay, thanks for telling us, kid. Who the fuck was that? I don't know. Some motherfucker. I like, uh, probably don't even know. But I think she might be, if she that crazy, if she's going to experiment sadism and hurting the motherfucker, it's going to be your ass. Yep. Now. Like, now that you done broke up with her. <laughs> She just sitting at home, fucking not eating for four days, not bathing, putting makeup on her face, like just rubbing it across her face in circles and shit. Like, I can't believe he fucking broke up with me. Me! He's the weak bitch. Can't even take a fucking push to the edge of a cliff. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, man, that's domestic violence. I don't do that. That's terrorism. If it ain't domestic violence, it's domestic terrorism, goddamn. Oh That's what God. that shit is. And I don't want to be, I don't want no fucking terrorist partner. <laughs> I don't want no partner that's being like, ha, ah, almost took your life. Ha, <laughs> funny. Like, how is that fucking funny? You almost pushed me off a cliff. Because guess what? If I had fallen off the cliff, then what? Like, <laughs> it, no. No, no, no. 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 And then you definitely ain't finna be fucking with me while I'm fucking driving, bitch. Like, I, uh, mm, mm. <laughs> no, you finna kill us both. Yeah. You don't give a fuck about your safety or mine. Like, no. But that's it. Those are the only ones I'll do. Okay. Uh, we got some shit to talk about, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you have a question that you like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartist at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artists, and send it to us that way. All right. Let's start with talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you don't know who Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, she is a legendary Supreme Court justice that have been a part of maintaining the liberal balance on the court. She's been a staunch advocate for women's rights and she's protected a lot of shit that went down as far as women go. Um, and women's rights go and all of that shit. Uh, but and most people respect her as such. Um, but she died. And if you don't know what that means, it means that the Supreme Court is now uneven again. Which means it's eight people instead of nine people. And the reason that you want an un, an odd number on the Supreme Court is because a lot of these decisions come down to how many people uh, agree with it, you know. So you can't have four and four. You got to have four and five, you know. So we've lost the liberal voice on top of Trump putting Gorsuch as a conservative on the on the Supreme Court. Trump putting. Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court as a conservative, and now they are moving to put another conservative on there. This now, because I've been talking about this shit the whole time, Red. I've been talking about the Supreme Court and all of them federal courts. Did you know that if a a case comes to the Supreme Court and no answer is made from the Supreme Court, or there's not enough people on the Supreme Court to make a decision, it goes back down to the lower court that originally made the the decision? No, I did not know that. Yes. And guess what courts Trump have been filling up with federal judges with lifetime appointments with little to no experience? Those federal fucking courts that it goes back down to. 
Yeah. They are trying to turn America into this fucking conservative wet dream. And it's a problem. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the reason why we don't need Trump in office. Now, a lot of people, they criticize people saying that as if it's really a an indictment on Trump, uh, which for me it is, and it's just a sentiment if you just want Trump out. What's wrong with that? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with just wanting Trump out? Do you know how many hoops you get? Like, I'm willing to bet everybody that wave a Trump flag in the air really don't know how his presidency has impacted them negatively. Because it's a lot of shit that they've done, that he's done, or it don't impact them at all. Like, it's a whole group of people in our society that have the luxury of not, if, of it not mattering who the person in charge is. It's a whole group of people that they got enough money they got enough land. They got enough. They can afford health care. They can afford everything. It don't matter what decision Trump. They literally get to like Trump just because they like him. They don't care about how his decisions impact America. All they know is that I like that guy. But we really, if you're not white, middle to upper class, male, a woman, straight you got something to lose when it comes to donald trump and that's a different because i could i instead of saying you know trump don't need to be in i could be saying biden need to be in you know but the reality is i don't give a fuck who was running if kermit the frog was goddamn running under the democrat party you know i don't think joe biden is as bad as motherfucking the right have propagandized him to be you know he done made some mistakes in the past, but shit, they pale in comparison to the mistakes Trump done made in the past with black folks. People keep talking about the 1994 crime bill. Well, a whole bunch of the black community was in support of that shit. A whole bunch of the black community. I mean, Jesse Jackson, the Al Sharptons, pastors, all these motherfuckers thought that this was a good thing that was going to help crime and help the black community. And shit just didn't go like motherfuckers thought. They didn't have a proper assessment of why the shit was going the way it was going and why that legislation wouldn't work. But you know what? Let's say he made a mistake. Talk about the Anita Hill hearing. You know, the way that he questioned Anita Hill, shit sounded real bad. And he supported Clarence Thomas' old fucking Supreme Court coon ass. You know, in that whole hearing. That's what that was about. He called that shit a modern day lynching and then went on to to help legislation that lynch black folks every day y'all have to go look up them anita hill shit man clarence thomas is it just would have been better if he would have just went away at that moment <laughs> you know but ruth get beta ginsburg dying is going to turn the political debates into abortion rights this is what's gonna happen which makes this a really tough moment now because we getting we're getting into those single issue voters who only vote because they want abortion to be fucking erased. And that's a problem. And so I just want I mean the first thing I wanted to talk about was Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying, the implications it making. This is not the first time we're gonna be talking about this because Mitch McConnell been 
So all of the Republicans, now I don't know if you know about this, but Merrick Garland was President Obama's Supreme Court vote in 2016, 2017, right? Mm-hmm. All the Republicans said, this was Scalia died, Justice Scalia died. All the Republicans said, we shouldn't replace a Supreme Court justice in an election year. We should let the people, through voting for who they vote for, make that decision. Right? And they held off on allowing uh, Merrick Garland to have a hearing for 280 days. Now that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died, 45 days before a fucking election, they're saying that the current president needs to make that decision. Of course, because the current president is Republican. But it's so and, and Lizzie Graham in in 2016 said, I want y'all to use my words against me. A president in a year of a, a uh, election season should not vote for the person. And I would say that if it was a Republican, and I would say that if it was a Democrat. And if a time comes up where we lose a Supreme Court justice and the Republicans are trying to replace him, then use my words against me. But he don't even give a fuck what he said before. And that's the boldness that these politicians have. They can say whatever the fuck they want to say today and do whatever the fuck they want to do tomorrow. Because we don't have a system that holds them accountable. We don't have a system that can hold them accountable. (sighs) And so... We ain't gonna done with this conversation, but that's all I'm gonna say about it today. Um, to follow up with Collins' letter, uh, yeah, Trump is basically stupid. He is not smart, and you know, last week I talked about him talking and having that conversation with Bob Woodward, where it sounded like he's aware. I do think that he's more aware than he put, lets off. Um, but even the even I don't think the aware or unaware version of him makes a difference. The version that we see is all that matters. And the version that we see is spreading a lot of, of bullshit around. And it's going to be a long time before we can get over it. Like, it's literally, uh, all, everybody over, over 55, 60 just need to die. That's what's going to have to happen. Old people just got to go. And, and, I, and I don't think men motherfuckers can control it. Our society is going to naturally become more liberal. Period. It's more brown people being born. It's more LGBT community being um, born and accepted. It's more identities out here as far as LGBT and uh, identifiers out here. It don't like this. The society is going to become liberal. The only way that Republicans feel like they can control that is to make it as Republican as it fucking can be now. They don't have a lot of support. They don't got no support in Hollywood. They don't got a lot of support where a lot of big money come from. So this is an ongoing conversation. Now we'll see how it goes. But Trump's stupid, man. I don't know about all the shit he's saying about science. You know, this propaganda machine, man. He knows that science is something, but he knows that his base is stupid. And so he play his base like fucking fiddles. They stupid enough to fall for it. What you got? Well, so somebody sent rice into Trump. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you see that? Yeah. Do you know what Ryson does? Um, same thing it did on Breaking Bad. <laughs> in the goddamn hospital, not breathing. It's a breathe some breathing shit, right? You can't if rice. So here's what it is: uh, if ricin is ingested, initial symptoms typically occur in less than six to twelve hours. These initial symptoms are most likely to affect the gastrointestinal system and include nausea, vomiting, uh, and abdominal pain. The symptoms of ricin poisoning are then likely to rapidly progress. To include problems such as severe dehydration, kidney and liver problems, this rapid progression of symptoms and illness is noticeable, different than what typically occurs with most um, commonly encountered. So you would think you would have food poisoning and then it just keep on going until you die. But you do die, it's fatal. Death from rice and poisoning can take place within 36 to 72 hours of exposure. Damn. I wonder if I wonder if they go through his goddamn uh his mail with covered because like did the person who got down discovery get poisoned? <laughs> that would be bad, man. Because it would be, but Republicans would win. Like that would fuck up the whole political shit. If he died. You know, yeah. It's kinda like it's kinda like if Black Lives Matter and the protest was gaining traction. When them two, when the Compton police, or when the Compton, that Compton dude shot them two police officers, mm-hmm. it energized so much support for the police. That's what would happen with the Republican base. And that's what would happen with the Republican Party. Killing the president, especially through poison, yeah, it would energize, it would energize their base. So many more Republicans would come out and vote. So many more would come out and vote. It wouldn't be good. And because, you know, Donald Trump has also created a system where you got to believe it's a Democrat that did it, yep, you yep. know, so they'll blame the Democrats. So Donald Trump being killed somehow ain't the best situation. And Donald Trump dying from natural causes would be, you know, ideal. <laughs> but Donald Trump going to live to 136. Evil always does. Yeah, he's going to live a long time. Fuck Trump. Yep. Again. Um, Breonna Taylor. Do you know what happened with Breonna Taylor? Her family got a court settlement against the. It was like a wrongful death suit. Yeah, they like got twelve million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's not the money. Ain't the only thing that came with it. The other thing that came with it is policing reforms in Louisville. It's a lot of shit that they supposed to do. So community relations measures are encouraged but not mandatory. So they've put in some measures that's supposed to help the police build relationships with the community, including volunteering two hours in the community that they serve. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't volunteer in the community that I serve. So making it optional is stupid when you can make it mandatory if your goal is really for them to build a better relationship. Um, Social workers are going to assist police but won't replace them. Uh, Why would a social worker ever replace a police officer? That's stupid. Yeah. It don't make sense. It doesn't. And, you know, as a social worker, I don't know, man. 
it's gonna be some calls I would want to be on. I feel like there's I feel like there's an overlap between somebody who would love social worker and love being a police officer that a new position can be built. That 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 it could be a new role that the police departments fill. Yeah, you know, social work officer where they ready they they ready they can take care of themselves if they need to, but the end of the day their focus is to make sure that the situation goes well. Um, there's changes made to the search warrant protocol that could have saved Breonna Taylor's life. Um, uh, they've passed what's called Breonna's law, and it bans the use of no-knock warrants, um, which is, they say it wasn't a no-knock warrant. And they say, well, no, no, they didn't say it was a no-knock warrant. They said that they announced themselves um, when they came. So it wasn't a no-knock warrant. It was a regular warrant. And they're saying that they announced, announced themselves. But neighbors and everybody saying that nobody announced themselves. All they heard was a big boom, busting the door open, and a bunch of shots. Yeah. Um. Cause listen, when my neighbors, when the um, U.S. Marshals came to get these white people out of my neighborhood, I heard them and I, like they did it over the um. He had a bull like loudspeaker thing. Like everybody heard. Everybody knew the U.S. Marshals was out here. Damn. And I was in my house. I could hear it very clearly. So they also have the drug, the drug test once a year. Uh, now all of this shit is shit that police officers are gonna cry about. They don't yep. cry about it. They don't say we don't want to do this. We don't want to do this. The level of entitlement that come with policing in America is fucking stupid. Uh, and the reality is, it shouldn't take killing somebody for these things to be considered. These are things that should have been considered from the jump anyway. And it's really disappointing that this is the case. Um, but whatever. I ain't gonna harp on it no more. And uh, and you know what? That's actually all I got because we're in the last six, seven minutes. Uh, you got something else? Nah. On your mind? Uh-uh. Rest in peace, Kingston. <laughs> and um, and until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.